now we're live, Jeff. Now I'll just be over here patiently waiting for you. You're you're late. You're getting all your notes together. Turning your phone off. Getting settled in. Okay, over there, are you? How late am I? Oh, I don't know. What ten minutes? Seven minutes. Well, I was actually in the building. Six minutes. Oh, in so. the building. Okay. All right. Well, so yeah. You know, yeah. Late was, is late, Jeff. I was late. I mean, six. Late. I was six minutes late. <laughs> I am. So <laughs> just deal with it. All right. Well. Uh, you got anything going on over there? You got anything to contribute, or are you just kind of coming in and putting your thoughts? Pages and pages of stuff All right. here. So. Okay. Well, well, see what happens here. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Why don't you go and do the intro? I'm still gathering my thoughts here. <laughs> I can tell. Yes. Well, this is Roger Fields. I'm here with Jeff Fields, my brother. And we are in Central Kentucky. This is the Fields Brothers Show. This is what you've stumbled onto, the Fields Brothers Show. And we talk about all kinds of stuff, mostly stuff about the amazing grace of God, particularly life on this side of the cross after Jesus completed the, uh, the finished work of redemption, or he finished the work of redemption, I should say, on the cross. And we talk about any whatever quirky stuff, too, that happens so we happen to think about. Um, sometimes stuff that happens in our own lives or what's going on in Kentucky. So you just never quite know what's going to come up. So, Jeff, what you got over there? Anything worthwhile? Well, yeah, we're going to save Easter stuff to later. So this is oh, okay. this will be coming out on Easter. It's yeah. kind of like we've yeah. talked before about when we when we both used to preach, always kind of feel obligated to yeah. you know do the sermon. Well, I have a question. That. First of all, this is on Friday. We're doing this podcast on yeah. a Friday. Do you say Happy Good Friday? Uh, that's fine with me. I don't I mean, have you ever heard anybody say that, though? Happy mm, Good Friday? Probably not. I don't well, know. Just somebody asked Either. me that question, and I thought, well, I don't know. You say Happy Easter, but I've never heard anybody say Happy Good Friday, but I guess you could. I mean, you know, I guess any well, you day. Could. You know. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I've got some things about the resurrection, but I, I just came back from a, just a fantastic retreat last weekend. I took notes while I was there. You so, took notes. So I've got, you know, some things on my mind from that. So I don't know, you know, we'll get into some of that, but so I don't know if, um, well, this is not going to be an we'll Easter podcast, that. but we would like to wish everybody a happy Easter. And I post on Facebook, you know, this give it run down a quick list of historical figures who have um, who predicted that they would raise from the dead, mm-hmm. and then convinced millions of people that they did it. And so we have number one, Jesus, and um, well, that's pretty much it. So, <laughs> you know, but one thing it did hit me though, yeah. seriously, is <clears throat> it's not just that. You know, we've, we've made the point, most Christian ministers have made the point that Jesus is the only one who resurrected. You know, Buddha didn't resurrect. Right. He was more of a philosopher than anything. Uh, Muhammad, you know, you know, these guys. But not only did they not resurrect, they never even claimed, I mean, claimed that they were going to yeah. resurrect. It's not like, I mean, think of it like this. It's not like, you know, you have some religious figures who said they were going to resurrect, and maybe some of their followers did, and we had to say, no, Jesus was the only one who really did it, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And we have to make this, you know, you know, Christianity is unique in that nobody else even made the claim. Nobody else even predicted it, let alone convinced millions of people that they pulled it off. Yeah. And so, anyway, just the whole narrative is so different. Yeah, a couple uh, things on the resurrection to kind of just now kind of pop in my mind. One thing is kind of interesting, a little bit sad, but kind of interesting. You know, obviously, some people, some Christians are not thrilled about celebrating Easter. Yeah, you know, you always yeah. have some that. Yeah, uh, that, and we've talked about that before. But what kind of noticed lately is that the folks that criticize recognizing Easter really run the gamut uh, among different, you know, a lot of times we kind of see some believers as legalists and some more on board with grace. You mm-hmm. find people in both of those camps, Yeah, you know, yeah. 
There's a lot of people not real wild about the Easter Bunny. And the point is, I mean, it's across a wide spectrum of. Did you hear about the 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 churches a couple of years ago? You may be thinking this. I'm in New York somewhere, and uh, I think it was an Assembly of God church, but they did a skit where they were trying to downplay the Easter Bunny. So I guess it was in Children's Church or something. The Easter Bunny came in and they beat up the Easter Bunny, (laughs) and I apparently just traumatized some kids, and they had to apologize to the families and all it is really <laughs> sad the things that are done in churches that traumatize kids yeah i mean when it comes to doctors the other thing that just kind of popped in my head that really is an astounding statement by jesus you know not only did he resurrect not only did he predict basically and yeah. say he would resurrect right. but he says i am the resurrection yeah i mean that that is different that's different very different he's not just saying i'm going to resurrect yeah. i will resurrect which he did yeah. But he says, I am the resurrection. I mean, I've got some thoughts on that, but what are you thinking? Well, yeah, I mean, just there again, the uniqueness of Christianity, the uniqueness of the message of of Jesus, I really should say more than just Christianity, but the uniqueness that he claimed to be the the thing that, you know, to be the resurrection and to be, I mean, the life, the way. He, he He made claims about himself no other historical figure has ever done and then convinced a significant number of people that he was right. I mean, it's just, it's, he's in a category by himself. I heard lately that the I am statements by Jesus, see if I remember this right. I don't remember. It, it probably was something I heard at the retreat, but I don't remember for sure. And if I did, which one said it, but that the I am statements of Jesus. So we got, you know, basically in the mm-hmm. gospel of John. And so I am the resurrection. I am the way, the truth, the life and all this. The I am statements are declarations. They're not invitations. Right. He's just right. saying, oh, yeah. this, is who, this is who we are, who he is. Right. And that, I mean, that, I mean, that, you know, we talked the other day, everything else is a footnote. I mean, the real issue is who is Christ right. and what he's done. And right. he is the resurrection. He doesn't, there is not a, in a sense, he doesn't give us resurrection. Yeah. Or in a way, he doesn't even resurrect us to some degree. We resurrect with him. He is the resurrection. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is a whole different, I mean, just a whole different perspective. I mean, um, so anyway, but happy Easter. And uh, We did kind of mess up. I think we need to go ahead and tell people that, um, you know, we like all this material being kind of fresh, and we don't talk about it ahead of time, and we like getting each other's kind of spontaneous reaction to things that we we say on here, and we made the mistake of spending the better part of a day together a couple of days ago. And so when we, we took our mom to a funeral of a uh-huh. cousin of hers and pretty much an all-day affair. In Bracken County, Kentucky, in the, in the, which is where our right, roots are Northern from. Kentucky, yep. kind of way in the country. And so we spent a lot of time in the car together that day and some time uh, sitting in a little church building waiting for the service to start, you know, yeah. sat there for 40 minutes or so. And it's like we both... Which early on, we both started to say, well, then we... Well, I'll, I'll wait till the podcast. But then mm-hmm. we both kind of... Yeah. blew that away and we yeah. ended up kind of and so uh, unfortunately some of the things i may share i've already shared with you and won't be okay up. so just act like you haven't heard i'll act like i'm just shocked and appalled by so. the new stuff that you come up with here <laughs> oh basically i do want to apologize for something something that i said that was totally incorrect that i have now realized that what i said was wrong and What's um that? and from the bottom of my heart i want to just say i'm sorry that i told you that the um, the no sugar ice cream was a Kroger ice cream. It's not his Briars. Briars. Okay, Briars. I saw you yes. post that. Yeah, so. I was wrong about that. I thought it was Kroger, so I felt badly about that. Because you've been looking all over for this Kroger. Oh, I spent cream. forever in the yeah, in the I ice know, cream I section. At, at, it's it's at Briars. I'm sorry. Okay, so all right. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, I, 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 I am. 
Uh, I'm planning on getting some if our if our Kroger has some. So anyway, yeah. let me talk about the retreat a little bit. All, All right, right, go ahead. So went on a uh, men's retreat in Tennessee last weekend, uh, hosted by Baxter Kruger and and his ministry called Perichoresis. Perichoresis what is, does that mean? is a word I'm not real good at defining it, but it has to do with the relationship of the Holy Spirit. The Perichoresis of of distinction yet oneness. You know, each of the, the Trinity, they're distinct from each other. Hey, but this conversation is already over my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you I was, asked me. You're I'd the have one to that raise my hand and say, what? Why do we call it this? What you're, is this? You're the one that asked. You know, it is amazing of how the, the idea of three in one, of how much entire physical creation that shows up in. And we've talked a little bit about this before, you know, but you've got, you know, water, you know, it can be, you know, H2O can be water or solid yeah. or vapor, I guess. Um, atoms are made up of threefold electron proton neutrons we talked about that i think a few months ago and, there, and there's other ones too but there there's just a lot of the you triple crown the kentucky derby belmont i wasn't really thinking about that or the i uh, <laughs> probably got some some deserted cracker barrels probably named yeah. after three or something but i'm not but anyway that's a little bit so anyway um uh, Master Kruger was there, and it was a, a Friday night through Sunday morning. About 100, 110 men there. We stayed in hotels and then gathered this this one uh, person had a, a kind of like a barn. I guess you call it a barn, but, you know, really nice kind of rustic gathering place. And so we were there. Uh, Paul Young was there. So so mm-hmm. I met Paul Young for the first time. Tell me who Paul Young is. Um, author of The Shack. And um, so I, I know pretty well the two that collaborated with him, but I never met um, Paul Young. So he was, was the original was author. He's one who right. came to the he concept wrote, of wrote it. the original manuscript yeah. for sure, no question about that. And then came to uh, Wayne Jacobson and Brad Cummings, asked them to help him kind of um, publish it. And then they, you know they helped edit it and collaborated on it and all that. But anyway, and then another guy uh, that I had never heard of before, a younger guy. And so uh, Brad. Um, Baxter and Paul are both in their 60s, I think. Pretty sure they're in their 60s, so close. Young guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still got a lot of years left in them. Level six, um, I would say. Okay. Um, But Paul Goff was the third one. I had never heard of him before. He looked younger to me, I'm guessing 40, early 40s or something. Married, one child. uh, Has a huge man bun, but, you know, kind of had to get over that pretty quick and and not judge him for that. Um, But he's from England. And so it's always interesting to hear people with English, British accents talk. And he was hilarious. And the British huh. accent makes it even more hilarious. One one phrase he had, you'll like this, is the contaminated gospel. You know, we talk yeah. about the pure gospel being yeah. of grace yeah. and not being mixed. And But I don't know that I heard that term before, that yeah. it's a contaminated gospel. Yeah. And that's, you know, it just takes a little bit yeah. to contaminate yeah. something. Yeah. But when yeah. there's a little bit of that in there, one of the funny, well, one of the things, I don't think I told you about this, that, and he grew up, well, he, he didn't grow up, um, knowing Christ, but didn't, I think it was in high school sometime when he came to know Christ over in England somewhere. And pretty early on, I guess initially was in charismatic circles, Pentecostal charismatic circles and all that. But he was told that if you, if you're really a Christian, then you had to be able to pray in tongues for 15 minutes straight. (laughs) If you wanted, there's more, if you wanted to be a leader, you need to be able to pray in tongues for 30 minutes straight if you wanted to be a senior leader, you needed to be able to pray in tongues for one hour consecutive. And he said he tried it one time, and 55 minutes into it, he just gave out. He couldn't do it, do it anymore. So but he's not leadership material. Is that what evidently uh, not. Now he kind of, but he also, and I told you about this the other day, one of the funny things he, you know, so early on he learned how to take authority over demons and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. 
but he learned how to do that before he learned he wasn't supposed to cuss. And so, <laughs> so he was taking a, he was using four letter words while he was taking authority over demons. And evidently he did some of that in a rather public setting. And they kind of had to talk to him later. Well, <laughs> you really shouldn't take authority over demons while you know, using cuss words to do that. But I, I that, was, <laughs> that was really funny. Oh, well, so, but um, there's some other things. What do you? What, uh, what other things you, are you thinking here? You know, I'll tell you one thing that keeps coming back to me, and just even with some recent conversations with some other people, just how we uh, are just so brutal and uh, get towards people who disagree doctrinally with our cherished beliefs, you know. So I have a – uh, let me lay this one on you, okay? Now, John the Baptist, I mean, his particular message was pretty rough. He was a rough guy, you know. I mean, he was all about repentance. It talks about this in um, Matthew, and uh, um, he says, you know, he's, he's repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He had them everybody confessing their sins. He called them a brood of vipers when the Pharisees showed up. You know, I mean, he was all over them. He told them to keep bear fruit and keep him with repentance. Um, he... Uh, he says, you know, my his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing uh, floor and gather his wheat into the barn. The chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire. I mean, he was pretty rough, you know. And so then, uh, but he introduces Jesus. Okay, so then in Acts, you get to Acts 18, you've got a, now there's a Jew named Apollos. Mm-hmm. Now he says he is an eloquent, eloquent man, competent in scriptures. So he knows scriptures. I think I kind of forgot that phrase okay. about him. I knew he was known for his speaking ability. And he had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. In other words, he he was under conviction. You know, he was convicted about what he said. And he spoke and taught accurately things concerning Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he knew some about Jesus. Though he only knew the baptism of John. In other words, he seemed like he was more in the vein of John. He knew that repentance, mm-hmm. baptism, you do this to straighten up and you get baptized, and that's kind of what he says. So then how do we handle him? Well, today we would just announce him as a heretic, do a YouTube video, give a little excerpt of what he was saying, and just make everybody make sure they stay away from him because he's a, um, he, he's a false teacher. Um, and then, but it says that, um, and when he wished, um, as he wished to cross the chaos, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he arrived, um, he greatly helped those um, uh, who through grace had believed. Now, how did that happen? Well, that happened because Priscilla and Aquila took him aside and explained the way of God more accurately. They just took him aside and said, look, yeah. there's a little more to this that you don't know. And I mean, yeah, that just that stuff doesn't happen today. And you know, we have to denounce everybody. Yeah, you know, Quill and Priscilla, if they had been today, I'm telling you, they would have done a YouTube channel if they if they'd have followed the pattern mm-hmm. of today. Of course, and, that also assumes that you know, uh, it's also commendable to Apollos that he was open. It was to receiving instruction. And, and maybe maybe he was more open because of the approach they took. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm I you would know? think that would have something to do with it. You know, I, I got thinking about this last night. I was talking to someone. I had a had a great conversation last night with a podcast listener. Mm-hmm. Um, listener for quite a number of years. Discovered us when we had Wayne Jacobson on. So oh, he, yeah. he was already familiar with Wayne, and that's how he became familiar with us. Mm-hmm. And we we've known each other a little bit through Facebook, but it never talked on the phone till last night and had a, had a wonderful conversation. But we got talking about you know, how, how our thinking has changed through the years and, you know, maybe realize that even if a person's not willing to change their thought right now on some of the things that we talk about with grace and everything, at least I would encourage folks to take 
a or, or have a mindset that I am open to learning new things. I am just, and so I would encourage you folks, and, and I think we need to be this way, and, and I think we are, that you know, kind of say, Lord, if I, I may be wrong in some areas, or just oh, be yeah. open to the idea oh, that yeah. you may be wrong in areas, that we may be wrong in areas, that I may be wrong in areas. And even if we're not ready to change our mind on anything oh. right now, just to have a mindset that I could be wrong. Yes, I just want to say to a lot of Bible teachers, yeah, you think you got it all figured out, don't you? You just, you know, you just really, do you you honestly think you just got all this figured out? And, I mean, it's amazing what in the the trivial things, the peripheral, and I say trivial, not always trivial, but peripheral things, things that are just not germane to the gospel, that may still be important things that we just might not have all figured out. Or even some of the the main things. We believe we got to have it all figured out. Or even some of the main things. Okay, what happened at the cross? What happened at the resurrection? Things like that. That one of the ones that, one of the things that that Paul Goff shared um, that he had had. He talked about how the, um, you know, this the desire that we have to make sure we get all of our doctrine right. Yeah, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, pretty much. And he he shared. He said one time, he had some type of a dream or vision or something. I, I forget what it was. Um, but in the vision, there were um, there were pandas, panda bears eating, and you know, he said he, there was a tree with a door and tables outside the tree and said pandas were eating. And he asked the spirit, what, what's this tree? And the answer was, you know, he felt from the spirit, the answer is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that the tree of knowledge isn't, he pointed out, is, a, is an operating system. But the point of the pandas was, you know, they're black and white. Yeah. Ah. And that, that he felt God revealing that to him, that, that he was trying to see everything doctrinally black and white. Yeah. And that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that is such a different, I mean, to get away from that, that is so rooted in Western evangelical oh, thought. Man. To get away from that nail it down. Is, <laughs> requires the grace of God and the Spirit in our lives to open our eyes to see, okay, it's not about getting all of our doctrine right. Is doctrine important? Sure. But I would separate doctrine from theology. You know, yeah. theology is the study of God. Who is God? Who is Christ? Who's the Trinity? What did they do? You know, doctrine is a lot of other issues. But it made me think of this phrase. I don't think they mentioned this. I kind of thought of it myself. But the the Bible is not a textbook to be mastered. It's a picture book of Christ. And we when we see the Bible as a textbook that I've got to yeah. master everything yeah. in it. Well, it's I think it's the story of our redemption. Yeah. It's the story of how it happened. I mean, I heard... Um, it was a guy that wrote Blue Like Jazz, you know, it was that Donald Miller, you know. He, right. he said one time in a conversation, he said, you know, he reads these Old Testament stories, and the, the, they don't even tell you what you're supposed to get out of the story. At the end of the story, it doesn't say, okay, now this is what we should learn from this. And that's a good point. I mean, we can draw things out of it, but really it's the story of our redemption. And we may not understand or comprehend the full depth of everything in there, but it's how we got to where we are. Um, anyway, I have another. You, can I turn the corner just a little well, bit? Let, let me just share okay. a little bit more of this idea that, okay. that one of the verses that Paul Goff uh, mentioned that that really startled him. First uh, Corinthians eight two. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing. Yet has he ought to know? Yeah, I want to read right. that again. Yeah, what is it again? Give the First Corinthians eight two. And if anyone thinks he knows anything, now this is in the context of the food sacrificed idols and that, yeah. that conversation. But he well, he starts out that verse that I've read that I've quoted a lot lately. Um, knowledge puffs up. That's the verse before. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing. Yet as he ought to know. 
but if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. And so the idea that, and he, he pointed out, I didn't really, you know, that it's basically, um, you know, when everything is about getting the right answer, that's kind of Gnosticism. You know, that, that's kind of a modern day version of, of Gnosticism and how different that is to know Christ and be led by the spirit and serve in the spirit rather than by the letter of them. So, yeah, that is, that's interesting. I'd forgotten about Gnosticism being that, uh, in that vein, kind of everything, you know, you know, intellectually and, and higher knowledge. Right. Okay. Let, let me ahead. ask you a question. I, and I'm going to see if I can, um, set this up correctly, but like, let's say I've take three of the, maybe three of the biggest disagreements people have, um, relate, relate to faith and this other one, people without faith. And one of them would be creation. You know, how did that happen? Is it, was it mm-hmm. 6,000 years or, were, or has the earth been around millions of years? Was it a literal six day creation? Um, you know, I mean, I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, if it, if it is a literal 6,000 year, six day creation, then, you know, God created the earth and then how do you, you know, there are rocks here he created. Well, how do you create a new rock, you know? So, mm-hmm. We don't, you know, the timeline is just a little bit, it's just something we talk about. But anyway, now, so keep that in mind. Now, so that's one that, you know, the whole creation thing is a big disagreement. Um, election and um, free will is a big, you know, that we get, mm-hmm. we talk about whether, you're, you know, you're, you're chosen, you're elected, you're predestined. The Bible does teach that very clearly. Um, and then we talk about, well, you know, did we, were we predestined first and then we were dead. And so then God, had to start start us off because we were dead. Mm-hmm. That does make sense to me. Um, but there are a lot of scriptures talk about um, whosoever will may come and all. And mm-hmm. Just you know, so you have that whole thing. Now then, you talk about there's a lot of disagreements about the second coming. Okay, the rapture, the <laughs> oh, tribulation. Really? <laughs> and so, but what do all of these things have in common? They all have one thing in common. And so, for instance, oh. there's just pre-trib, post-trib. You know, when's mm-hmm. the rapture going to take place? Is yeah. it, you know within the tribulation? Right. Uh, when do we get the Antichrist? You know, I mean, all this. Is, so, what is the one thing that all of these discussions have in common? There's one thread that goes through all of them, and this actually just hit me today. Uh, You're not going to. They, they all the the discussion is always the timeline. Okay. Well, I started to say just you mentioned timeline. something a couple weeks ago. The different on the on the one thing and the, the free will and all that you mentioned. The, the timeline, timeline is so. is the issue. What happened first? Did God choose us? We choose mm-hmm. Him. And then the whole thing with creation. So, but well, how old is it? You know, how when did it? Start? You know, and is there a gap between Genesis one one and one two? Was there a time when God created everything, but then it was formless and without void? Is there millions of years in there where it became formless and with, without void or formless and void? So. And then the whole thing with, with second coming, I mean, we all agree pretty much that Jesus is coming back. He is going to take the church. There's going to be some kind of tribulation. And, the, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the things that we agree on, but the, the disagreement is, well, what happens first? And we got another timeline. We got to know what happens first. What happens next? And so it's just, it's just amazing to me that a lot of the disagreements have to do with we, we got to know what's the order, what's happened first. What, and I just think we may be arguing about stuff that – might not matter as much yeah. as we think. Yeah, it, um, I, I agree for sure. I mean, we um, got to know. You know, what's the order? I mean, I thought of the uh, anyway. Well, I guess little Easter thing. I guess we need to start ahead. Start, yeah. start heading for home here on this uh, on this podcast. But um, thought of First Peter um, one three. First Peter one three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us. So that's the the new birth has begotten us again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so it directly ties our new birth to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, you know, we think of these other verses in Ephesians 2 that we were raised with him. So, I, you know, I, I think it's accurate to say I, I wasn't born again when I said a prayer or, or did this or that or got baptized. I was I was born again when Jesus resurrected from the dead. You know, it says that we're, we've been uh, begotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The old man was crucified with him, raised with him to walk in newness of life, as it says in Romans 6. So that's, that's my great, Easter message. That's a great scripture. So, great scripture. That's pretty much all I got. Still got a lot of stuff for the next podcast, but that's about it. That I oh boy, here I we go. Now. So. Jeff's geared up and ready to go for the next one. 